Bloody Elbow presents the Level Change Podcast, the combat sports variety show that brings you analysis, fight announcements, and insightful discussion of MMA's biggest headlines. Paid Bloody Elbow Podcast Substack subscribers will hear bonus content, if available, at the end of the broadcast. Be sure to subscribe at bloodyelbow.substack.com for our newsletter and at bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com for our podcast network. Follow us on Twitter at Bloody Elbow, Facebook at facebook.com slash bloodyelbowblog, and as always, on bloodyelbow.com. Thanks for listening. Here are your hosts, Steffi Haynes and Victor Rodriguez. Welcome back, and thank you for listening to episode 242 of the Level Change Podcast. I'm Steffi Haynes, and I'm joined, as always, by my amazing co-host, Victor Rodriguez. And today we're going to talk about why Bare Knuckle FC has a better card than the UFC. And I am not even kidding. I am not tongue-in-cheek. That is a fact. Victor, how the hell are you? I mean, you know, it's no power slap. But I suppose it's fine. I think this is good. Uh, man, yeah, I, I, I've been all right, man. You know, we're all struggling, moving along. And uh, I just want to put something out there real quick. If you have not checked this out yet, please, pretty please, a sugar on top. Showtime has the amazing, absolutely amazing uh, Lee Murray documentary, Catching Lightning. It's not just about Lee Murray. It's about the heist and everything in it. Um Really amazing, and I also secured and uh, completed an interview with Pat Condellis, the director of the documentary, so you'll be seeing that soon on BloodyElbow.com. Really fascinating stuff. It's very, very much worth your time. Definitely. I am all ears, all eyes, and I'm going to let my fingers do the walking, too, and um, share that as soon as it's out. So, Mm -hmm. all right. So let's let's go back. We're going to rewind for a moment because we didn't have a Monday show or a Tuesday show. Excuse me. We record on Mondays for those of you out there wondering why I'm always confusing my Monday and my Tuesday. So because we didn't record our normal beginning of the week show, we didn't get to break down the dud that was UFC Vegas 71. <laughs> now, people out there often say, But a lot of these duds that are really weak on paper still provide entertainment. Sure. That's fantastic. Because I am paying for ESPN+. Plus. They better give me some entertainment. But for the value of the card, there isn't much value in the card if there's only 1.5 ranked fights on it. This is the biggest promotion in the world. This has been valued at $12.1 billion. Okay, that's a lot. So for the biggest promotion in the world to continually give us watered down cards where we have to scrounge to find the ranked fight, there's a problem. And it becomes a cauldron of serendipity for other smaller promotions to end up rising to the top and that is the case this weekend with bare knuckle fc and the ufc 
Yes, there's a Ryzen card as well, but it's a little weak on the name value side. It almost comes off like a Challengers type card. And that's mm. okay because we all need those developmental type cards. UFC, this is not a developmental type card. This is a fight night card. So, yeah. yeah which, I mean, and that's what they've been... Unfortunately, they've been using the fight night events for developmental stuff like this for, uh, you know, just just soaking up their their uh, the, the screen time to be able to sell more ads and fulfill those uh, contractual commitments that they have. And we've addressed this I mean, many times, but it just it bears repeating. This is not something you can't sit here and tell me, well, you know, the UFC is is elite because, you know, they've got all the best fighters and all the best fights. Well, you know, buddy, you're not really showing it when you're showing a very deliberately subpar product. They don't care. They don't. And they never will, because the only way that's going to happen is if viewership drops. And that's not happening either. I mean, it's one thing for us because we got to cover the sport. But other folks just, you know, they're used to it by now. And that's just what it is, I guess. It's it's just um it would be nicer if at least the fighters that were performing well in those surprising moments of uh, pure action and, you know, sensational finishes, if they got more shine, if they got more of a push, but we're not even seeing that. So it's like everyone's dropping the ball on it. And this is just another set of keep busy and, and make work fights. So have fun with that. I mean, even the level of media coverage seems more ramped up for Bare Knuckle FC because Bare Knuckle FC is putting their fighters in front of every interviewer they can. UFC sort of stopped doing that with their fight night cards and the, the fighters on the fight night cards. They You don't see a whole heck of a lot of media rounds outside independent media, you know, actively seeking these interviews out. But there was a time when, especially when we had the traditional fight night cards, not these Vegas uh, Apex Center ones, the regular ones, we would often see... Remember, we would have the in, the emails coming from somebody in the UFC PR department that would get floated around the Slack chat or in our, our, our emails. Uh, Nate or somebody would say, look, I've got this PR schedule here. Who wants this, this, and this? That has dramatically decreased with these Apex cards. Have you noticed that too? I did not notice that in the words of Scott Steiner, drastic go down. Uh, I... I... I'm I'm glad you mentioned that because yeah that does feel kind of weird that we don't we don't see that as often it's like even they're not worried about mm -hmm. getting the word out there for this because again why should they it's already on exactly. ESPN and ESPN plus and if you already have those services well you're probably already aware you know they'll probably rely on the email pushes and the the uh, social media um, uh, sort of presence I guess and and, and work from there. It's called doing the bare minimum. It's yeah. not really fight promotion. They're literally relying on a subscription service advertising to do all the legwork. There's literally not much put into these things at all. And now we're seeing it more in the matchmaking department, too. I mean, my goodness. And then that is before this card was ravaged with injuries and other things. Um you know, Brian Kelleher, the, the UFC, I don't know if that was a, a weigh-in mishap or what, but, you know, Brian Kelleher ended up off the card yesterday, and they ended up somehow, 
with a you know hours replacement yeah yeah mcgee the uh guy from john mm-hmm. crouch's spot over at the lab in um AZ. arizona yeah. yeah um the the other <clears throat> thing too is that i mean the main event of this card was actually the co-main event of last week's card that got moved when the main event of this card fell out. So, I mean, just by virtue of this being snake-bitten, it's a it's a terrible card. But it was already terrible on paper to begin with. Now, this is what happens when you run that kind of breakneck pace. Like, this is when, like, like Rebney era Bellator. Yeah. You know, there's just week to week to week to week. Not only do these events start to bleed into each other and not really become memorable, nothing stands out. Mm-hmm. But then you get situations like this. Logistically, it just it, it becomes a, a tremendous mess. Mm-hmm. And uh, there, there's no real remedy for that. No one's going to tell these people to space things out. They're going to lose money on that. And who the fuck wants that in their life, you know? Exactly. So let's go ahead and rewind to UFC Vegas 71. and. Is it me or did we have two UFC Vegas 71s? I'm pretty sure before the last break we had one of these, but maybe they're just, as you said, all bleeding into each other. But anyways, we'll start at the top because that was the most, uh, th- that was the most impactful fight. And good God, we were all three wrong on Curtis Blades. Mm-hmm. Were you expecting him to not shoot until it w- he was in panic mode? No, I I expected him to set the shots up a lot better with his striking because that's something that he had been doing a lot better. Mm-hmm. And that didn't happen this time. I, I thought he'd, you know, pump fake a couple of things, you know, change levels and maybe go back upstairs, change levels, then shoot. You know, maybe because, I mean, the guy knows you're a wrestler, so no, no need to spam takedowns from the opening. You want to stay fresh. So I'm thinking it was more like that. Not what we got, actually. And wow, when he just kept trying to go back to the well, uh, didn't quite work out for him. And boy, howdy, that that Pavlovich man, I mean, not that he didn't have a chance to win. He did. It just, I don't know, just felt like Curtis did more things wrong than perhaps he should have. And that's not to take anything away from Pavlovich. He was always going to be dangerous. I Just, man, that, that was some weird shit. Yeah, and... Again, you made an excellent point by saying, you know, you don't want to go in and just spam takedowns. However, there were moments. Curtis had a couple of moments where he also landed some big haymakers. He could have shot off one of those haymakers that's, that pushed Sergey back. He created enough distance to, to shoot, but he didn't. He waited until he was in full panic mode, had already had his bell rung, Two times, I believe. Yeah, I think he, he'd he been staggered twice, was on roller skates. Mm. He waited until then to shoot. And it was, there was zero setup. It was telegraphed to fuck. And, and of course, I mean, he just, <laughs> he got dumped, you know? But I don't know. I, I feel like Curtis went in with either a bad game plan or his game plan went to hell because he didn't have the composure that he needed in there when he when he started getting his bell rung because boy sergey went to work quickly yeah he definitely did he was not going to wait around and as he should have done right because you don't want to let curtis blades get comfortable man that's just that's just a recipe for terrible things my hat's off to him for doing what he did and how he did it but wow yeah yeah he didn't do himself any favors (laughs) nope let's talk about bruno silva 
and Brad Tavares. Listen, I think that Bruno Silva was on his way to to defeating Brad Tavares no matter what. Yeah. But that could have gone a couple of seconds longer. Brad Tavares wasn't out of it. He was he was defending, he was on he was getting up. I think it was yeah, you know, they he could have been afforded two or three more seconds. Yeah, I I I, I see what you're saying. I don't disagree. I, I think that it could have probably held off, you know, another couple of strikes. But at the same time, I personally had already seen enough. Mm. You know, and I wonder if at some point I I I'd imagine that for some of these referees, not all, but for some they're taking into account, okay, this guy, when he gets hurt, certain things happen. When he's at a point where he seems like he's had enough, you know, and you you sort of, um, you have a, a bit of a, a, a different type of consideration towards that fighter, right? Like, okay, he's had enough, he's had his bell rung enough times in his career. And generally, once you see past this point, I might have afforded this to to someone else, but I I can't I can't let this go any further with him specifically. I wonder if that's something that goes through the minds of some of these refs. I wonder if that's how some of these guys operate because it, it, if that's the case, this was a mercy that was uh, exacted upon him. I know Brad will disagree. I know it doesn't look good on his record, but come on, man! I just God, he's just gone out so bad in some of these and just taken so much damage in some of these fights, even if he's whether he's getting finished or not. I, I can't be mad at that. You know, I had no protest whatsoever on mine. I'm like, yeah, I could have gone a little longer. Maybe. Am I mad? Mm-mm. Yeah, I'm not mad either. However, yeah. I, I do feel like he could have gotten two or three more seconds. Yeah. Now let's go to Bobby Green and Jared Gordon. And this is the perfect case for doing away with the show win system. Because neither one of these guys got their full purse. They only got their show money because it ended in a no contest due to an accidental headbutt. And therein lies the fucking rub. Nobody got their full purse. If you would just do away with the win bonus system, just give them a flat fee. Victor. Are you advocating for fighters to be paid better? Mm-hmm. Oh, come on now. That's not going to happen. But you're right. It would be nice. It would be fair. It would be It would be at least the morally just thing to do, uh, which is why it's not going to happen. And that's why we're <laughs> in this situation. And Bobby Green was mad. And I'm sitting here wondering, like, does he know Does he know exactly who it is he ought to be mad at right now? Because I'm not entirely sure. You know, he's sitting there like, I need my money. I need my money. I don't know why. You're asking me about my feelings. You got to do this and this. I'm like, oh, buddy, I understand. Yes, but, you know, you guys collided. Like, shit, dude didn't fake it. Yeah. Oh, he was trying to he was trying to go for triangles after he was on the ground. Yeah, okay. You've been there before, though. You've been hit and, you know, kind of worked off instinct. Yeah, but the foul still happened. And it drastically altered the tone of the fight. So, I, I mean, I don't understand where Bobby's thinking that somehow the, the stoppage was uh, that, that the fight ending in the manner in which it did was somehow some kind of a bullshit call. Right. But, you know, I get it, man. People get uh, they, they get emotional they get upset. They have their own perspectives. I yeah, the, the artist formerly known as Bobby Green is, is not uh, I, I don't know. Maybe they'll run it back. Maybe they don't. I don't know what the hell they'll do in this situation, but it would have been nice to see the guys at least 
at least get compensated fairly, which is what we're always advocating for. And yet it never seems to improve. Yep. Now, it should be noted, Jared Gordon was doing pretty goddamn well in there oh, against yeah. Bobby Green and could have pulled out the win there. Who knows? Um, <clears throat> but that's two fights in a row that Jared Gordon has had a question mark behind. And I, I kind of feel bad for the guy, you know? Mm. No, I definitely feel bad for the guy. I mean, shit. There's this. This is the kind of like, even if you don't like, I don't really believe in luck necessarily, but you do feel bad for the guy. You think, damn, this dude got some bad juju on him. Somebody put the root on his ass. Like, <laughs> like the Pimblet decision was like, man, that's messed up. You know what I mean? Like, it was close-ish. I get it, but man, the wrong guy got the nod. But then this happens. Like, oh god, this this is even worse. Yeah. You know, because now it's not even a matter of human error outside of the fight. Yeah. All right. Uh, one other thing to note there is that. I I did find it a little ironic that at the pre-fight presser, Bobby Green shows up with fat stacks, like sixty thousand <laughs> in cash, talking about how how you know he well he's doing and you know he's got this immense stack of money, and he's dripping in in jewelry and you know he's just looking fly as fuck and got you know. 10,000 hours of tattoo on his head and everything else. But when it came down to this no contest, it was immediately, I need the money. I have bills to pay. Grind set mindset, man. He tried to manifest it. You know, he believed in it. He said, if I show this money, I'll get more money. He tried to use the laws of the universe and attraction. And that didn't really, all he attracted was bone on bone. The shit didn't really work that way. So maybe he got a phone call in the intervening 24 hours. Hey, you got another child support case. (laughs) I don't fucking know. (laughs) I hope not. I hope not. I hope he said, man, them kids are too ugly to be mine. Look at me. I'm fucking beautiful. And then hung up the phone. But no, I I don't know if that's, uh, I I don't know what would have transpired here. But again, I get it. It's not even so much. It's like, it's the principle of the thing. This shit is mine. I want it. I earned it. I did the work. I showed up. I didn't mean for this to happen. Please. You know, it, it, it dovetails back to what we were just talking about, about like, you know, shit, the flat feet would be such a boon for these cats right now. Yeah. Uh, Yasmin Lucindo looked pretty damn good in there against Brogan Walker, took the unanimous decision. I have no no beef with that whatsoever. Mm. Uh, Jeremiah Wells. We're going to we're just going to spend a moment here. Mm. This split decision. I, I didn't even know if it needed to be a split. I, I had it for Wells, 29-28. Mm. However, I, I want to talk about Simmelsberger for a second because this guy is a young prospect. <clears throat> He's got heat in his hands, okay? There's no two ways about it. He almost finished Jeremiah Wells a few times. But his jujitsu, good God, who is training this dude? Come on. He didn't know what the hell to do. Maybe he's training with that same special forces coach that James Tony had. <laughs> if I'm Simmelsberger's jujitsu coaches, I would I would definitely <laughs> be hiding my face under a paper bag. His jujitsu coach is the guy who got choked the fuck out by Nate Diaz. <laughs> <laughs> Rodney Peterson. Nah, man, listen, I feel bad because Simmelsberger like he's he's had some he's had some fun performances, man. You know, like this dude is is he was putting it 
on him early. I was like, yo, this shit is impressive. And then when I see Wells recovers, like, ooh, that's fucking scary. Like, what condition is he going to be in? Well, turns out he gutted it out and he got it. But um, I, I don't think that speaks poorly. That in and of itself that he was able to recover does not speak poorly of Samuelsberger. The fact that his grappling defensively didn't look the way that it probably could have, that does raise some concerns. But no, oh, hey, I mean, I guess that he, that's something that could still be remedied with enough time. Yeah, that and the fact that he was gassed to shit, too. Yeah, yeah. That adrenaline dump, right? You got him on the ropes. You think you, like, oh, I'm getting it. You know, like, the <laughs> oh, God. You know what? I might as well just say it. I'll invoke the scene from, from CB4 where Charlie Murphy's doing push-ups in the hotel room. I'm going to get some pussy. I'm going to get some pussy. And <laughs> it's like, no, buddy, that's, that's, no, didn't work out that way. <laughs> All right, we had a giant crapping in the cake of Ricky Glenn when Christos Iagos knocked him out in just 95 seconds. Mm. We had poor Ronnie Yaya getting knocked out in 3 minutes and 42 seconds also in the first round. We had Norma Dumont taking Carl Hosa to a unanimous decision. Had no problem with that, but that was mm. a terrible fight. Yeah. We had Mohamed Usman defeating Junior Tafa with a unanimous decision. I don't have any interest in seeing Mohamed Usman's progression. Um, that was also not a fun fight. No, I, you know, it started kind of interesting mm -hmm. until Tafa tired out and Usman kind of got his timing right. Then it stopped being interesting at that point. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I don't say that as again, that's not even a slight against either guy. It's like, look, you don't have you don't have if you're gassed out, you don't have that dynamite in your hands anymore. And now you can't explode to get out from under. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess I know what the next two rounds are going to be. Yeah. And that's, you know, maybe he comes out of his shell. Remember, uh, Kamaru had some some stinkers, too, early on. So. Mm -hmm. Uh, William Gomez had defeating Francis Marshall in the split decision. It was a fight that happened. Okay. Yeah. yeah was um, a... Brady Highstand defeating Bat Jarrell Dana after basically getting his ass stomped in that first round and part of the second round. Uh, that was that was a good come from behind win. It was. It was. I was I was impressed. Not totally surprised, but I was impressed. Like, damn, Brady uh, uh man, that, that kid got hard. Yeah. You know, not that I doubted it, but it's one thing to, to know it, it's another thing to see it in action. And and uh the the manner in which it came late. Like he still did not he didn't wait for the decision. You know, he poured it on no matter what. And and good for him. Yeah. Um, remember last week when we were looking at the card and we were picking out other fights that might interest us, both of us agreed on that particular fight and it, and it delivered. So it did. All right. So we also picked a Bellator fight and we were all wrong. On it. <laughs> we all picked Rafi and Stotts. And what did you and I say when we picked this fight? We said, and I quote, Patchy Mix wins fights that he's not supposed to win. Mm -hmm. and he certainly did that. And now I'll never say that of him again. Patchy Mix is supposed to win them all. He went in there and he got shit done. Okay? By knockout. Yeah. By knockout against that guy. Mm -hmm. But that in knee that was, moment. That knee was 
Yowza! Fucking money. He just drew it out of him. He threw. He put the bait, and it just. And you can't blame Stotts for falling for it. You know what I mean? Like he just the heat of the moment. These things take place. Sensational finish. He went through a hell. Look, this guy went against um, Magomedov, mm-hmm. Horiguchi, and now Stotts. Yeah. He has made himself undeniable. That was gorgeous. And I, as we mentioned in the uh, roundtable earlier this week, the fact that Sergio Pettis had to exit the tournament due to injury and now has his official, you know, the, the actual undisputed title being defended soon is actually a positive because now both winners will be fresh. You'll have a quick unification and patchy mix man you know he gets another chance to go out there and and perform uh, this year and and do something special so i'm really looking forward to that man this kid i called it a while ago i said this kid's going to be a star and damn i you know usually i'm i'm right when it's something terrible but no this was good and that was a feel good story bellator had a pretty had a great weekend by the way yeah uh, doubleheader hawaii excellent stuff mm-hmm. that really if you get a chance to go back and watch those please do yeah, we had um, Liz Carmouche defended her her title. We mm-hmm. had Ilya Malay. She won a split decision in a really tough fight. Yes. Um, Yancey Medeiros defeated Charlie Leary. Aaron oh, Pico. my God. Aaron Pico won his fight. Mads Burnell won his. Kai Kamaka won his. We had, see, that that card right there was a worthwhile card. It far far it was far far better than the ufc card and then we also picked uh ryan garcia versus tank davis we were all correct on that so our standings right now victor is still in the lead by four ahead of uh his his next person behind him he is at 36 22 and one because remember the and one comes from the no contest from bobby green and jared gordon so we have now added the and one to our records um behind victor by four is mookie 32 26 and one Ugh, i am way 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 back by seven behind Mookie. I am 25, 33, and one. I am 11 behind Victor, so I am an entire fight card behind Victor. This has never happened, but I'm doing A-OK on Bloody Elbow, where I like to hedge my bets. Anyway. <laughs> That's the penance you pay. That's right. You want to split the difference? I mean, this is kind of what it looks like. <laughs> so we go from last week's dud to this week's absolute slop in the trough because that's what they're feeding these hungry little piggies that need their UFC this mm. is what you get so i'm just going to read the card from the opening bout to the top and then i'll tell you which fights we're actually going to pick so from the bottom we have a women's bantamweight bout between Haley cowan and jamie lynn horth and then at a catch weight because remember brian kelleher had to pull off the card so journey newson is now taking on marcus mcgee at 140 pounds and then we have another women's bantamweight fight between stephanie egger and irina alexeva AKA Russian Rhonda. Okay. I'm sorry. That one's not that bad, but no one 
No one is going to accuse that one of having any star power whatsoever. It's not that bad, but it's not ranked. <laughs> no, and, absolutely not. And bantamweight, women's bantamweight is suffering. They need, oh, yeah. they need more high-level talent and that, that they basically don't have. Uh, I'm not looking forward to the third fight between Juliana Pena and Amanda Nunes. I want fresh blood in there. But anyways, we have... Next up on the card, a flyweight bout, a men's flyweight bout between Cody Durden and Charles Johnson. Not mm. a bad fight, but not ranked. Then we get to Martin Boudet and Jake Collier. Barf. Ooh. Barf. You, you're not a fan. You're not a fan of Husky Dad by Jake Collier. Ugh. Former former welterweight, now Dairy Queen champion Jake Collier. You hear about that? Nope. Oh, no. damn. All right. <laughs> All right. This is what's opening the main card. Oh, who even are these people? I know who they are, but still, you know, ca casual average fans would never know who Josh Quinlan or Trey Waters are. I mean, I had to go and look up Trey Waters. And Josh Quinlan is good. Yes, he's good. I'll tell you right now, that dude, is, he is talented. Mm -hmm. But this is, this is, I, and, and this is like, I, I totally agree with you. I'm just it, it is doing the fighters themselves a disservice. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, you're putting them on TV, but like what the fuck? Yeah. What are you doing, guy? Come on. This who it's Man. <sighs> Wait till I get to the next fight. I'm going to freak out. Waldo Cortez Acosta versus Marcos Rogerio de Lima. Uh, you're talking to the wrong guy. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, come on, come on. Number fan, one, but... number one. Okay, Bigfoot Rogerio. Like I, I mean, you know, we, we all, we all, we all seen the dude. We know sometimes he get whether it's a brain fart or not, he can be capable of some fun fights. And solidarity with my Dominican brethren. Hey, listen. Anytime it's it's like. It's like the Thundercats, right? You know, where the Sword of Omens would send out that symbol. You know, I, I feel that whenever a failed baseball prospect succeeds in another arena, and I swear to Christ, I'm not fucking kidding. Waldo was a failed baseball I know, prospect. I know. But he got hands. Yeah. My man got hands. Like, what position do you play when you're like seven feet tall? I don't know. Sure as fuck wasn't a catcher. But I'm glad he's found another avenue to make a living. It just sucks he's on this like this. Like, bro, nah, it ain't got to be like this. Remember Randy Johnson from the uh, the the Diamondbacks? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That dude was enormous. I mean, he was skinny, but he was super tall. He was a great pitcher. Mm -hmm. Hated birds. Hated birds mm -hmm. <laughs> with a passion. That what was it? A hundred and two mile an hour that destroyed that bird. Yeah, that, well, that bird should have minded his fucking business. <laughs> Go hang out at second base. What you doing over here? <laughs> now, this fight here could be really fun because Giuliani Rosa is a crafty veteran and Fernando Padilla is genuinely talented. But again, who the fuck knows who Fernando Padilla is outside of hardcores? It would help if there was a lot of, what do you call that again? Promotion. That thing we used to do back in the day? Promotion. Yeah. Promotion. Yeah. The, what, what is it that the UFC, what's their business? Yeah, what's Dana White's title? What's he doing? Oh, Jesus. You know, when you're more preoccupied, <laughs> when you're more preoccupied with like Zufa boxing and, you know, riding without a seatbelt and reading Instagram comments, when you're more worried about that, what are we doing? Yeah, when you're worried about proving how not woke you are. <laughs> oh yeah that was great all right so next up we have i mean where is this going cody brundage versus <laughs> Rodolfo vieira where? i mean god oh, god uh 
I mean, uh. this is awful. And then our, our co-main event with Jane Bad. And this is our first fight that I've chosen for us to pick. That's how bad this card is, is that we're not even picking a fight until the co-main event. And it is, again, not ranked. However, it's a good fight. And it's just outside of the rankings. Well, not just, but, you know, close enough, I would say within 10, to where that these guys might actually sniff, you know, relevancy beyond this. So we have Kyle Bahalio taking on Mikhail Alexiachuk. I'm going to take Kyle Bahalio. I know he's raw. I know he is undisciplined sometimes, but I feel like... As far as natural athletic gifts, he has those in droves. And he's fast, and he's powerful, and he can grapple. So I'm going to take him, but I'm not super confident because Alexi Chuk is pretty badass too. So I don't know, but I'm going to take Bahalio, and uh, Mookie is also taking Bahalio. I'm not. I mean, I I probably should, but I I can't. Look, your athleticism is going to get you out of a lot of tight spots. You know, when you're a guy like that, especially a division like middleweight, that's let's be fair, not good. Uh, that's going to happen. And so I don't really know. Mm-mm. I don't think that's. I don't think that's going to really. I, I think that maybe the other guy who also hits hard and maybe has a little bit more composure is probably going to be doing some more damage there. Indeed. All right, so we get to the main event. Sonia Dong taking on Ricky Simone. I am taking Ricky Simone. And the reason why is because this dude is on a tear. He does get dropped sometimes, but he's got pretty good recovery. Um, there's always the risk there because Sonia Dong has heavy hands, but he hasn't. When was, let me look him up real quick. I'm going to tell you the last time he lodged a knockout was in, oh, it was just last year against Marlon Moraes. But consider that for a moment because it was Marlon Moraes who has a very, very big glass button on his chin. Now he did the year before that. He won off big punches against Julio Arce. But Casey Kenny was able to take him to a split. And he lost to Kyler Phillips in a decision as well. And that is the fight that we need to look at. That one in the Corey Sandhagen. Because he lost via a doctor stoppage due to a cut uh, last September to Corey Sandhagen. And... Up to that point, he wasn't he wasn't making a case for himself for a win. We'll say that. But the Kyler Phillips fight for me was a big, big red flag showing that even the Kyler Phillips, a guy fresh off tough, could could defeat him. And that that was just just, you know, two years ago, just two years ago. Um, he had the, the three fights in rapid succession after that. And then he fought Sandhagen a little later in the, in the year and lost that fight. He also lost a grappling match to Jacob Rodriguez as well at a fight pass invitational, uh, last July. So I don't know. Mm -hmm. I just look at Ricky Simone and he's the complete package. He's got great standup, but he's also, um, fair on the ground. I wouldn't say he's like got 
quote grappling chops but he's fair enough on the ground um i don't know i just i like ricky simone here yeah me too i just i look the song is good he's explosive he's got Great boxing, he's got great sprawls, but is it going to be enough? When you look at the list of things that Ricky does well and how good he's smart about his timing, how well he is at implementing his game plans and sticking to them, how he's, he's this is a guy that clearly scouts effectively when it comes to fighting his opponents. And so, you know, I'm pretty sure that Song isn't a guy that's that hard to figure out. So, yeah, I, I got to go with Ricky. All right. So... We have two other fights to pick, and we are picking from the Bare Knuckle FC card because you know what? It's not too bad. Now, our first fight is going to be the co-main event, and that is Chad Mendez versus Eddie Alvarez. Tons of name value here. Mm -hmm. I'm going to take Eddie Alvarez, I mean, not Eddie Alvarez, Chad Mendez because he looked great uh, in his last outing. He's powerful. He is basically running unchecked. <laughs> you know, he looks like a goddamn beast, <laughs> like a gladiator in there. Oh, I mean, I, I often wonder how unchecked things are over there, and I'm pretty sure they're really unchecked. But anyway, um, I just, I don't know that Eddie Alvarez is still with it. You know, he's been, I know they've both been fighting for a long time, but Eddie Alvarez has been fighting a lot longer than chad mendez so yeah yeah he's got he's got country miles on him mm-hmm. you know and that's the problem i mean when when you get dropped in every fight and it happens early that's not a good sign and even though that's something that's been dogging eddie for a while and he's recovered and done pretty well in some of these like nah, do you really want to roll the dice on that with chad mendez that guy hits i mean Oh God. Yeah, man. I, I don't, I don't like this at all, man. And I, as someone who it pains me so much because I love watching Eddie fight. I've been a fan of his forever. I, this is so, so wrong. I just, I hate the matchmaking. I get why it's there. It's like you mentioned, right? There's some serious star power there, but man, the math ain't method for me, man. I, I'm not, I don't like that. So I'm going to go with Chad. Yeah, there's other fights on this card, too, that have name value. Uh, Copeland versus Rothwell. Gertz versus Torres. Um, we have um, Kamozi versus Spawn. Yes, Chris Kamozi oh, is on, on this card. Uh, th- there's some... Um, yeah, I mean, it's got some name value. Now, the main event is where where we really get into this, and that is... Luke Rockhold taking on Mike Perry. I like it. I mean, wow. We're going to actually watch Mike Perry and Luke Rockhold throw down. I'm taking Mike Perry, but it was kind of a difficult choice for me simply because Mike Perry's in here fighting the Julian Lanes and Rockhold's coming off of a... Yes, I know Paulo Costa whipped his ass. However, he had a very, very good third round in that fight. And he was never truly out of it completely. You know, he he soundly got beaten, but there was never a moment when I went, oh my God, they got to stop this fight. I didn't say that at all at a single point in that fight. Yeah, I just realized something. That was Chris Camozzi's wife who got knocked out in that yes. last event. Yep. Yeah, wow. Damn, and she's booked in. Why couldn't they book him for the same card? Well, all right, yeah. Uh, Thing is, I I just don't – 
Rockhold has been so chinny. And on, yeah, sure, he did just fight against Costa. And the level of competition Mike Perry has been facing has not been the same. But you also got to remember, at this point, Rockhold's not going to be able to kick. He's not going to be able to grapple. Kicking is a lot of how he's been able to establish distance in a lot of his fights. Um, it's helped him gauge and assess you know, movement and range and get his timing in. He's not going to have that here. He's going to be in there against a guy who's not only been doing this for a little longer, you know, but he's he's far more used to it, far more comfortable with it, and also far more comfortable with getting in his face and doing as much as he can to really throw that heat down the middle. And as we've all seen, man, Luke's head movement, not the most educated, right? He's just not a guy that he's not going to be able to withstand too many of these and Mike Perry is very adept at throwing them. So I don't like this for him at all whatsoever. Again, star power, sure. Jump right on it. That's great. I'm sure this is attractive for the uh, for the investors in this organization, whoever the hell they are. And that's a smart move to get as many big names that are recognizable from the MMA world. But from a matching, from a just a purely matchmaking perspective, I don't like this at all, man. <laughs> this, is very, this is very, very weird matchmaking to me. I get why it's happening, much like the previous fight we just discussed. But fuck, I, I just don't – I can't get the image of Jan Blahovich blasting Luke into oh, yeah. the nether realm. I can't get that out of my head. Right down the middle. Boom. It's like who's to say Mike Perry can't patch, pack that kind of power? Yeah. You know, not necessarily the same as Jan, but like comparable and, and enough to put the lights out. Yeah, I can see that happening, bro. Yeah, I took Mike Perry, but I'm not real comfortable. And Mookie has also taken Mike Perry. And he is taking, I believe, yes, he is taking Eddie Alvarez. So there's some division here amongst the ranks. And that's, the Eddie thing is not a bad pick. I just don't trust it, personally. Indeed. That's just me. To access the bonus content of this show, you must be a paid subscriber. To do that, go to bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com and subscribe today. Thank you for tuning in to this Bloody Elbow Podcast Network production. Subscribe at bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com. Give us your email and receive notifications when your favorite shows drop straight into your inbox. We're also found on a wide variety of podcast outlets, including SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, Audible, iHeartRadio, SiriusXM, Pandora, TuneIn Radio, Overcast, Google Podcasts, MusicBee, RSS Radio, IMDB, and now also found in your app store on apps such as Downcast, the podcast app, iCatcher, Podcruncher, Podbean, and more. Just search for Bloody Elbow Podcast and you will get brand new shows throughout the week, including the Care Don't Care Podcast, the Level Change Podcast, the Hey Not the Face Podcast, the MMA Vivisection Main Card and Prelims UFC Preview Shows, the Sixth Round Post Fight Show, Crooklyn's Corner, the Sixth Round Retro, the Show Money Podcast, the MMA Depressed Us, exclusive fighter interviews, and the return of the MMA Bunker.